Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pursuit of Relentless podcast. You have your host, Elena, coming to you from British Columbia on Earth Day. And I am super excited to be here. Tomorrow's my birthday. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to record some podcasts while I'm in BC, go see my family. It's going to be awesome. And today we're going to have a really educational episode of the podcast uh, with Kate Holmes today. She is a mortgage broker and she's just like educating people, doing things the right way. And I've been following her for a while on her social media and I love how much educational content she posts. So I really wanted you guys to get access to her information. So welcome to the show, Kate. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Ah, I'm so excited that you're here. So maybe you can tell the audience a little bit about how you got into doing what you're doing. Sure. So I've got to rewind quite a ways. Um, My first mortgage, I got with a mortgage broker. Um, And so I went in there, we were buying a condo uh, at the time with my ex. We went to a mortgage broker and I went in there and I thought, why would anybody ever deal with a bank after this? It just made so much sense to me that, look, I can have all of these lenders wanting my business versus going into a branch and them just having one type of product. Um, so for me, after having that one experience with my first mortgage, I thought I would never, never do that. Um, I actually got offered a position by him because I was so thorough with my documents at the time. He said, hey, do you want to come and work for me and be my admin? And so I was very, very fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to work for him under a under in that position where I could learn a lot um, under a very qualified and skilled broker and still have a salary, so to speak. Because a lot of times um, when you become a, a a mortgage broker, you're on commission only, and then people become desperate and it's not a great way to go. So I w- was very fortunate to have an, an income as well as being able to learn. So I did that for about four or five years and then decided that was in my early 20s, right after I finished my degree in business. And then I decided I wanted to go travel for a little bit. So I thought I was going to go and take a year off, a year sabbatical and go to Australia as everybody does. Um, And I did that. And I ended up traveling for seven years um, all over the world. I've gone to, I think, 49 countries. And so that was a very um, great opportunity to work with lots of different cultures and different people, different personality groups. Um, I worked on yachts, so it was a very tight, small, confined spaces. So you had to learn how to work in high stress environments with lots of different personality types. Um, so again, I'm very grateful for those life and life moments and teaching moments in those types of conditions. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, I meet my partner on the yachts at the time. He's a marine engineer and we decide that we want to have a family. And so um, this is a bit of my darker path. So we, we, I have a baby, we have a baby together and I have postpartum depression. And it was not that I wasn't bonding or connecting with my baby. That was lovely, but I wasn't engaging my brain the way that satisfies or fulfills me. And mm-hmm. so I was thinking about all the different things. I don't want my child in, in full-time childcare. That was a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. I want to have the flexibility of my career to be able to pick them up from school, to be able to go to their events, to be able to skip school, whatever it is. I want the flexibility. So I I relooked at the mortgage broker course. I had to redo the whole thing again. Um, And I kind of just latched onto it with pause because it was, I could see this as my escape out of my depression at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
one. So normally it takes people a year, eight months to a year to do the course. And I did it in three. I did it as fast as I possibly could. Nice. Um, and yeah, and I just, I thrive in this environment. I absolutely love helping people. And so that's the other part that just makes, it doesn't feel like a job to me, which is really, really nice. I just, I do genuinely love what I do. Yeah. That shows. Um, hey, it shows. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I think when people, when people are like going into conversations, it's like, are you just trying to sell me something or are you for real? Are you going to educate me? Are you going to, you know, give me some value? And when you're going into those conversations, it's a lot easier to go in with just like, Hey, I'm here to help, you know? Yeah. And my motto is I lead with love, right? Like I always said, you know what, do what makes you happy, do what you love doing and the the money will follow. And that's so true with this industry. And I'll even send people back. I'll be like, you know what? Your bank is actually offering you the best thing right now. I recommend going and signing them. People are like, really? You're just going to send me back to my bank? I'm like, yeah, they're actually offering you a pretty good deal right now. I would sign up with a two or three year term or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, come, come back. see me in three years. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, wow, mind blown. And they just don't want, she just doesn't want all my money or anything like that. She's just actually looking out for my best interest. Right. Yeah. And that's how you build a really strong business. Because yeah, you yeah. get word of mouth, people are just talking about you like, oh my goodness, did you see? She went and sent me somewhere else. It's like, yeah, because that's a better product. Like if someone yeah. has, I'm an insurance broker. So if right. I see something is better, uh, why would I cancel it? Like, yeah. hey, you you did good job. High five, you know, like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And it's also like, we, we actually, I have a fiduciary duty to look out for my client's best interest. Um, yeah. So I can't, for my moral compass, um, I can't knowingly not send you there. Like I just couldn't, couldn't do that. That's just not me. That's not who I am. My moral compass plus the fiduciary duty that I owe my clients for looking out for their best interest. So regardless, I'm supposed to, but it also just aligns with my personal values. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So fast forward to today, how much have you learned? How much do you continue to learn? Like what, what does your life look like as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So constantly growing and evolving. My biggest asset is my brain, right? So people come to me because of my knowledge and my expertise and without growing, like this industry isn't static. It is always evolving and growing. And so you have to be on top of things all the time. So I'm actually going to a mastermind group next week, next Thursday with a bunch of like-minded individuals. And you, you do, you always have to be growing and evolving and getting different strategies for clients. You go into a branch and your branch representative rarely has strategies for you. They're going to say, here's your best five-year fix. And you kind of got to figure out all yourself if you can, which most people can't, no offense to the the general, but we're not taught this in school. Um, Amen. And so you got to kind of just figure it out for yourself where it's like, okay, let's strategize a little bit here. What is your three to five-year plan? What What are your goals and objectives? Is cash flow important to you? Is, you know, obtaining rentals important to you? Is paying off your mortgage important to you? Like what is important to you at this point in time? And people forget that you're not married to a mortgage, right? People have this weird notion that, oh my God, okay, I'm getting a mortgage with First National or whoever, and this is who I have to be with for the life. No, okay, maybe this lender has a great product for you right now because they have a low rate and great prepayment privileges because you want to hammer down on your mortgage, right? Yeah. Um, And so to have different strategies and are you happy in your house? Are you going to be selling in the next three to five years? Is your mortgage portable? People don't realize 
that rate is only mentioned in about six paragraphs of a 36 page document. Right. There are a lot of other very important uh, pieces such as portability and prepayment privileges and how we can utilize those to lower our costs when we're moving. So for example, um, using a prepayment privilege before you sell your house to reduce your penalty, you wouldn't get advised that at your branch, most likely. No. Maybe maybe they might tell you to do that. Unlikely though, because the bank's not going to be making any more money off of you by doing that. They're going to be reducing your penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is your do you want to live in a more rural property and is your current lender okay with a rural property can you port that mortgage and if not what are the costs to to break that so an example is back when the interest rates were really really low in the ones there was a client that was just so rate focused and they wanted the lowest rate no matter what so it was like 1.79 and it's like okay but these are some of the restrictions Fast forward a year and they want to port their mortgage. And sorry, we could have gotten them a 1.99 at the time with very flexible portability options. So now they want to port this 1.79% mortgage over to a rural property. Well, the lender said no. And so they then had to break that mortgage. And now they're in with like a 3% rather than going with a 1.99, right? Rate, lowest rate doesn't always equal lowest cost. And people need to wrap their head around that. Oh, that is so true in insurance world as well. I'm trying to educate people on the difference between like permanent life insurance and term life insurance and mortgage life insurance and personal life insurance, like what the differences are, how they're different and why people need to look into this stuff before going ahead and signing those papers. Like you said, um, we were just talking earlier about how you've got to have the right people on your team, like your dream team, right? Um, where that's a person that's a lawyer, someone who can give you good advice when it comes to legalities and then a mortgage broker, because it is so valuable to have. And then um, a financial advisor who can help you build that plan and go, okay, this is what you need to have in place before you go buy a house. And I would love to talk more about like advice you would give a first time home buyer, for example, because there's a lot of people on my podcast that are younger, right? Like my age and a little bit younger. And I think it's really important because like you said, there's not a lot of education when it comes to um, this stuff, (laughs) like what kind of insurance to buy? What do I even need for insurance? Like, why is that important? Uh, As well as how to buy a house, because I find a lot of people in the millennial generation are like, a struggling to get themselves into a position to buy a house or they're just uh, like in the mindset that that's never going to happen for them. And it's really sad. And I'm like, no guys, there's, there's ways we just have to plan for it. Right. So what advice would you give someone who's maybe just looking at buying their first home or um, is in the process of thinking about that? Well, I mean, one is get your credit. One of the things that, okay, there's two two things that kind of have to go hand in hand at the same time. One is getting your credit on par, making sure that's good. So don't miss your payments. Don't go utilize, over-utilizing your credit. Um, and then the other one is try to figure out how to get a down payment. So um, many, many people require a cosigner or gifted down payment. So if it's, I have to tell people to check their ego at the door sometimes. Um, I just had a 40-year-old man, maybe he's even 45, I can't even remember, that needed a co-signer for mom and dad because he went through a separation um, and he's got child support payments. 
So the fact that, oh, I can't buy a house on my own without mom and dad. I mean, probably every third file across my desk right now needs a co-signer. That's just the reality of it. It's, it is tougher to get a mortgage right now. It's not impossible. And you have to be willing to, like I said, check your ego at the door a little bit. And you're going to have to learn to tighten your belt. Like we're in the over consumerism stage of, of life, it seems, where we have to keep up with the Joneses and we're constantly buying our Starbucks, we're going out for dinner and we're doing this and that and the other thing. And sometimes you just got to hunker down and tighten your belt and just say, you know what, I'm actually not going to go for dinner this week. I might go out for a beer and put that extra 50 bucks in a savings account or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so getting those two things, credit and down payment is usually the, the two hardest things right now. And I guess the last piece of advice too is don't think that you're going to buy your forever home as your first home. Exactly. So, right. It might be a condo. It might be, you know, just to get your foot in the door to start to build your equity. Cause right now, if you're paying rent, you're building somebody else's nest egg. You're not building your own. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're going to be paying into somebody else's rental portfolio and paying for their retirement. When in fact you can be focusing on your, your own a little bit better than that. Yeah. I bought myself. Well, caveat. I live in a half duplex because it was what was smart for us. And we got a really good rate, right? Kyle works at a big company. They gave him 1% interest for five years. I was like, oh yeah, we'll yeah. take it, right? That's fantastic. Yeah. But we didn't go and buy what we, we qualified for a $700,000 mortgage. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, no, I don't want a $700,000 mortgage. Um, we bought a property uh, in a good area, like close to a school, close to a grocery store, uh, half duplex. I never, I think I've met my neighbors twice. Like they're so quiet. They keep to themselves, you know, it was yeah. such a good investment. And now we're looking at buying another property yeah. and we made really good money on our property that we sold uh, last year. And so now we're in a position that we can go, okay, what do we actually want to have? Right. And still not no, Elena, you don't need the $800,000 house. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not necessary. Maybe yeah. go look at a six or a five hundred thousand dollar house, right? That is more realistic for us. Um, but it's just going to get what you want isn't it shouldn't just be like the main focus. It's yeah. like, okay, can you grow here? What does this look like? Some of the houses I'm looking at are from like the 60s. I'm like, no, I'm a visionary, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's about taking a step back. Sometimes I tell people to work backwards. Okay, what do you feel comfortable paying for a mortgage, right? Is it $2,000 a month? Is it 1500 And then we'll tailor, okay, we'll then buy a place at 500 or 600 or whatever. And then the other thing is, you know, what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? So for us, we have a four and a six-year-old, and it's important to us that we want to go travel with them. Um, and so we do not want a, a mortgage higher than what we have. We've got a $500,000 mortgage and that's, that is totally tapped out. We don't want anything, a penny more than that. Um, yeah. Because any extra money, we want to be able to go and take our kids traveling um, and, and do these types of, of activities and events, go to the city, whatever it is, we want to have our cash flow available to us so that we can live our life mm -hmm. the way we want to while our kids are young. Yeah. Don't be house poor. It really sucks. Yeah. There, so I live currently in Fort McMurray, Alberta, where yeah. people bought, and I mean, they are going to live there for a long time. They have great jobs, that kind of stuff, but they bought in like 2013 when 
the market was just like at its highest. And I was just sitting there looking at their mortgages. They're hundreds of thousands of dollars behind. They can't even get out of that mortgage now because of the fact that they'd have to come up with all of this money to break the mortgage. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, yeah, let's try and look at what's available, but also look at what's realistic. Like, yes, you may be able to make the payment today, but what happens if you lose your job? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, what happens? It is possible. Anything can happen. So I think when people are going into these conversations, like, oh, we're going to buy a house. Well, what does it look like? Like you said, how flexible does it need to be? Especially when you're just starting out, you might not know what what is going to happen with your career. Like if you're well established, great. If you have your credit in order, I think that's really important. I'm getting into the schools now. So I'm going to come and teach at some of the Powell River schools as well which is awesome. Um, Getting in there and teaching them more about money and giving them a resource of someone to talk to. Yeah. They have questions because who's, who's talking to the 15 year olds who are just starting to, you know, 16 year olds just starting to have their first jobs and learning how to manage their money. I wish I had someone, you know, and it's been so taboo uh, to talk about money um, in, in previous generations, right? Mom and dad don't talk to you about their financial situation. You know, know, it's very much save your money, buy a house, pay off your mortgage, these sort of things. And that's retire at 65 comfortably. Yeah. On a single (laughs) income, right? Right? No, that's not the reality of life anymore. Right. No, it's changed a lot. It's changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can create whatever we want, though, which is awesome. So if we're focused, okay, like you said, what lifestyle do you want to create? I've done a lot of traveling in the last six months. And I'll tell you, I value my solitude. I value being at home. I value like being able to have a place to recharge my energy and just like feel good. And I need like my own space that I feel comfortable in. And if I'm not in a house that makes me feel safe and makes me feel like happy when I'm going into it, then that's not the place for me, you know? And we're going to go look at a bunch of houses today, but I'm sitting here going, I probably won't buy anything, you know, I'm going to go look and see what's available, but yeah, I'm going to keep an eye out for the one because I don't want to pay 800 grand for a mortgage, right? Don't do it. People forget about a kind of a unique product called the purchase plus improvements, right? And so yeah. you can you go into a house if it's got good bones. So you want to look out as cliche as it sounds, it's location, location, location. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter how nice the house is, if it's in a crappy neighborhood, it's still never going to hold its value, right? So yeah. you can go find a, a decent, dated, good bones house, get a purchase plus improvements mortgage, to say redo the flooring, put some paint on the windows or on the, not on the windows, on not the on the windows, preferably. not on the windows. Yeah. Um, well, and like, you know, fix it up a little bit and put a little bit of sweat equity into it as well. Um, and make it pretty nice. It doesn't have to be all the stainless steel appliances with the granite countertops and the nice swan neck faucet and the big backyard. Um, you know, there's lots of ideas out there to make a house quite pretty, quite nice on a lower budget, like we were talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that advice because we just renovated our house uh, in Fort McMurray. And it was like, okay, realistically, if I want to move my kitchen around, I was pricing it out. It was going to be like $60,000. I was like, I'm never going to get $60,000 out of that. So what yeah. we did is we did all of our floors throughout our entire house and just yeah. went, Hey, okay. We didn't need to do the laundry room. Cause whatever. Yeah. Uh, and like one of our bathrooms had pretty good tiles. So we just left that one, but the rest of the house had carpet and hardwood 
in all the wrong places. So it was like, okay, well, let's rip all of that out, redo the floors. That cost us 12 grand. Okay. Not too bad. Um, And then we got $5,000 worth of countertops installed and it completely changed our entire house. Nice. And now when, if we do decide to sell it or rent it, it's a much more updated version of what's out there. I've seen other duplexes in the area and they are ghetto compared to ours. And I'm like, well, we put the money in, but we did it smart. Like we hired a friend and he's a contractor, but he gave us a good rate, right? So it was like, hey, maybe I put 25,000 in all in and I'll probably make that back out a bit because of the fact that it's done, right? So. Yeah, once you start moving walls around and opening things up, then it can it can spiral pretty quickly uh-huh. when you start doing things like that. And so. then you go, surprise asbestos, and you're like, not touching this, okay. Back, <laughs> your job tube wiring or mold or all kinds of stuff. So you just want to, like I said, a little lipstick, you know, yeah. cosmetic stuff, and, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah, that's a big tip because people get all excited. And I have to do all this stuff. And it's like, I did the same thing, guys. Guess what? I was pricing out cabinetry and like going, this is how cool my kitchen's going to be. And then I was like, no, that's dumb. I don't need to do that. Like, who am I trying to, you know, impress myself? Well, I can impress myself with a little bit of lipstick, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You wear lipstick. (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm too lazy to wear makeup. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so... That's such good advice. I really, I really appreciate that. And I think that one of the biggest parts of um, being a homeowner is just like making it your own as well. I don't think you have to sit there and be like everyone else. I, I have a saying, you can try to keep up with the Joneses, but the Joneses are broke too. Right. So, so so why don't we just empower each other to be like, Hey, high five. We saved money today. You know? I made my coffee at home. See my cool coffee mug? You know, like I call it being thrifty, right? You got to be smart and be thrifty with your money. And when you're going out, I'm actually interviewing. I'm super excited. Shameless plug for the Thrifty Duchess. Um, They're a thrift store in Fort McMurray and they're up and coming, but they are doing it right. Like they're modeling the clothes and I love it. It's so fun. fun. That's awesome. And they can, they're getting like Louis Vuitton purses and like high-end shoes and because the people in Fort McMurray like fashion. And so they've got like a really high-end thrift store. And I'm like, I love that because yeah. it's so important to recycle. And Absolutely. being Earth yeah. Day, I'm like, recycle people, just do it. Like, we got to do something about it. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So I loved when you were talking about having freedom and like the flexibility to take care of your family and like actually be there. And I think as women, we're expected to be there and like be the stay at home mom. And it's like, but what if I want to also pursue my dreams? You know, like I can have both. And if you're telling me I can't have both, then I'm going to go prove you wrong. And I love that doing what we do, for instance, like I do mortgages through referrals all the time. Right. So a lot of my customers need mortgages. Uh, That's just normal. Like if you're going to buy a house, you probably need a mortgage. Right. So partnering with people that are on your team and they're like, um, going to educate you and going to take that time out to help you. I think that's so important. Um, but what do you think are the, the most important things when it comes to, um, just 
making good decisions with buying a home. What probably the hardest thing is to take emotion out of it. And so that can be really hard, especially when you're buying a home and you go there, like we were talking about buying, you know, right at the top of your budget and you go there and you say, oh, you, you envision all this stuff. And you don't realize, especially as a first time home buyer, all the other costs that are incurred, you're going to have maintenance. What if you need a new roof? What if you need windows? Hot water tank. Hot water tank. What if, you know, you're going to have property taxes, you're going to have insurance, you're going to have, there is a lot of extra costs. So trying to buy under budget for your first home, I think is really important until you kind of get your feet wet and figure out, okay, this is actually a lot more expensive. It's not just your mortgage. It's not just your principal and interest payment that's associated with home ownership. There is a lot of other costs associated with it. Um, so just purchasing with, you know, under your budget. And again, if you are working with a branch, great, but go get a second opinion as well Amen. from a mortgage broker. Um, and, the, you know, they may just say, yeah, no, you're doing great. That's a good product. It's, you know, people typically get sold a five-year fix because the branch representatives get paid the most on that. Same with me. I get paid the most on a five-year or five, seven, 10-year. The higher the term, the more we get paid. Um, but that's not really what we're recommending to clients right now. Right now, we're recommending a two to three year term. It may be a little bit higher in interest now, but we are expecting rates to be back down in the threes in about 12 to 24 months. So right now, I'm telling clients, look, we're buying ourselves time right now. We're just getting through this hump of uncertainty where inflation is really high. We've just had inflation report in two days ago. We're at 4.3. So that's great. We're on this downward trajectory. Um, and so we're just trying to buy ourselves time now until things can settle a little bit more. Yeah. That's something huge to consider too. Like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go look at some houses today, but am I going to buy today? Probably not. <laughs> like, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I find my absolute dream home and it's exactly what I want and it's in a good price range and all that kind of stuff. But I still look at mortgage rates and I'm like, ha, huh, do yeah, I? Yeah, not really, right? Yeah. So we just signed our Fort Mac house. We did a three-year fixed term uh, in yeah. February. And it was, I think, a good decision for us because then we're like, okay, we can reevaluate in a couple of years. But just know that, again, you can, most of the time, if you're close to the end of your term, sometimes if the rate is lower, it might make sense to switch it up, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So here's a little statistic for you. 68% of Canadians change the terms of their mortgage before their term is up, uh, roughly around the three-year mark. So you go into your bank or your broker and they're giving you your best five-year and you see the rate and you're like, oh, this is so much better than a three-year. So you sign up for that. Well, in three years, you move, you have a baby, you break up, you change jobs, whatever. You have to break that mortgage and now it's incurring a penalty. Um, the largest penalty I've ever seen was $56,000. Um, and so it's important to know where you're sitting both with your job and your spouse. I mean, things happen. In that particular instance, there was infidelity in the relationship that they weren't aware of. And they just signed a new five-year fix. And so they were selling the, the family home. So they're going to have the commission, the real estate commission, and then a fifty-six thousand dollar penalty on that um and so people break their mortgage usually just after the three-year mark i know i've broken every one of mine for various reasons one was to split up with an ex one was to go travel another is to do renovations for a house and they're all roughly around the three-year mark um 
So something to bear in mind that we're very much um, a dynamic culture now, whereas our parents' generations, they stayed in the same job, they stayed in the same house, they stayed in the same town. That is not our our generation anymore. Like we switch partners' houses, upsize, downsize, switch towns, move out of country. I mean, we we don't sit around long anymore these these days. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, I think that when you're just giving yourself that flexibility, you don't have to stress out as much either because you're like, okay, yeah, no, I may be paying a little bit more, but is it worth yeah. it? Yeah, because I get this flexibility and this opportunity. And yeah. it's the same thing for life insurance. Like people look at permanent life insurance and they're like, holy cow, why is it so much more than the term? I'm like, because it's guaranteed to pay out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like It's yeah. going to pay out versus term insurance. You're not supposed to die in the next 20 years. Like yeah. hopefully you're, and then they just take your money and it's like, okay, well, if that's what you want, fantastic. But if you want a permanent product, then look right. at it. Yeah. Not everyone's going to qualify for them. Not everyone's going to need them. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they're so much different than term insurance, right? So I think it's really important just to um, get that education. And when you have the education, you can make educated decisions versus just making split second decisions on buying a million dollar house. And yeah, like, don't, don't do it. (laughs) Unless you have like that kind of income that it's sustainable, right? Yeah. I mean, it's important to, to find like, again, going back to the dream team to find people that align with what you want, what your goals are, right? And somebody that's not going to sell you something more, you know, both with a mortgage or with your, your, you know, the house that you're wanting to buy, um, for them to realize what your goals are, like our goals are that we want to be down somewhere tropical for a couple months of the year. And so that's why it's really important for us um, to not have a, a big mortgage payment because we want to go travel with our kids and, and show them yeah. the world. And so a lower, we are okay sacrificing a bigger house so that we can go and uh, go travel with our kids. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's a huge note is just to make sure that you have your values for your family. And it's like, these are our priorities. And I think people are going into these conversations with each other and they aren't like dreaming together. I think a lot of people are dream flat and they're just doubting that anything is going to be possible. And I'm like, no, we have to stand up and go, Hey guys, we can create what we want to create. Right. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. And having your dream life might mean not valuing money as much. Like we make great money. We live in a place that's beautiful. Like our home is awesome. Our yard is great. We've made it we've made it home. Right. But there's no place like home. Yeah. And yeah. so when you're not close to your family and you have to travel, like I friggin' drive 24 hours to dr- see my family, you know, cause I, I have a hundred pound Rottweiler and she is wanting to travel with us. And then it's just like, cool. <laughs> you know, I guess we're driving for 24 freaking hours yeah. Uh, and pulling over on the side of the highway and sleeping in our car because we're too cheap to get a hotel or we're saving our money, right? Or we just keep driving through the night and Kyle and I take turns driving and and then yeah. we're missing the mountains because we could have got there in the morning. But yeah. no, we kept going. Anyways, <laughs> so there's so much difference in moving home, but like living in BC, taxes are higher. Like yeah. you pay more for everything here because... BC stands for what I say is bring cash, right? And oh, yeah. <laughs> BC bring cash. Um, because it's expensive, but it's 
amazing. You can grow all your own vegetables. You can go fish for your food. You can hunt for your food. Like you can be more thrifty if you're willing to make those decisions for yourself. Like, Hey, I just interviewed a lady named Mandy Melnick on my, my episode two weeks ago. And she's a farmer out in Boyle. And she's like, Hey guys, the fact that they're charging $10 for a chicken is not realistic. Like I fed that chicken way more than $10 worth of food for you to pay me, you know? So you have to be just looking at your money in a different way. And Kyle and I literally had this conversation yesterday as we're driving to Port Alberni going, okay, you know, we have to cut out some things in order to make it happen. If we do want to move back home in the next year, then okay, let's, let's not go to Starbucks, you know, unless it's a tax write-off. Uh, and then, well, I'm probably going to go, if I'm going to do an appointment there, I'm going to go do it there. But then like the other night, for example, I went out for, it was called wine, women and wellbeing, uh, shout out to Anita Parker. She just brought together some local entrepreneurs and it was a really good conversation. Really great people were there. I ran into my old roommate, Quintina, and I was just like, wow, I haven't been out in so long. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) the last event was the one that I spoke at. And I was like, I got to go back. And so I went to this one and um, I made some really good contacts. I was able to meet some really cool people and um, just get my brand out there more. And I'm like, okay, if I am going out all the time, I have to be smart about it. I could spend $50, $70 on dinner if I really wanted to and have one or two drinks, or I can drive myself and have a glass, AKA a pitcher of lemon water, right? And then I'm going to have one glass of wine and I'm going to have the half price chicken wings. Yeah. Good. It cost me less than $15 for my order. You know, I'm like, perfect. It doesn't have to be a hundred bucks anytime you're going out. Right. No. And that's exactly it. Like when I go out, I try to actually have a snack at home before. starving, So I don't want to have four appetizers or whatever. Right. If I want to go out with my husband and we'll go and we'll have an appetizer, we'll go share some chicken wings and have a beer or something rather than going for sushi, which is also definitely one of my favorite things. And I could easily drop a hundred, $120 at sushi every single every time. time. My husband eats the whole restaurant. I'm like, yeah. how did you eat that much food? He's like, Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Especially in BC, like Alberta, there's like one good sushi right. place in town, but yeah. here it's like everywhere is fresh and oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, just just being smart and uh, use critical thinking skills. We really lack that. You know, do a little research. The internet's amazing. You've got a, there's a ton of resources out there now. There's just so much information on the internet that for people to be ignorant about things is no excuse anymore. Um, find your dream team. Interview a couple of different people. You know, especially you want to find people that align with your values. You know, find. I, I have access to the same products and mortgages and, and, and lenders that every other broker has access to. Do, do your values align with mine? Um, you know, these are the things that you want to you, use your gut instinct, use your in, intuition a bit about people and be like, is this a good fit? And if it's not, don't be afraid to say, you know, what, I'm going to go see what else I can find. Yeah. You're not tied to that person. Just no. you sat down with them. Yeah. And- yeah. Exactly. People feel Same. a little bit cornered or like, like, oh God, I've, I've now 
spent half an hour with this realtor or this mortgage broker. Now I feel like I, I owe them something. I'm obligated to use them when it's, it's not that at all. No, we work for you. <laughs> we're, we're trying to yeah. earn your business. Right. And it's not, it's not trying to be like the sleazy salesman. You know, I love going to someone that I know cares about my family and isn't going to try and screw me over. Right. And when we're going into talking to each other. Oh, you're good. I see you froze there for a sec, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's my internet. Oh no. I apologize. No. I can get that out. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but yeah, so when we're going into the, the conversations, it's like, okay, let's just make some good decisions. And guess what? A decision doesn't have to be made today. Like no. most of the time you can go, okay, we've made this decision that it's time for us to come home. But like yeah. my husband wants to keep his job. Like he doesn't I want to get that up. He loves his job. And yeah. like we don't want to sell our home. We just put another mortgage on it, right? And we just renovated. Um, so it's not like we have to do it today. It's like, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna go into it smart and just be prepared for whatever's coming. And yeah. like you said, things are oh, sorry, my mother is calling me apparently. Um <laughs> but that's good. That means she's in town, so Okay. Um, anyways, I lost my train of thought there completely, but I want people to get more access to your content because I absolutely love what you're doing um, on your social media. I appreciate your dedication to educating and where can people get access to you? Um, so I do a lot of content creation on Facebook and Instagram. I dabbled in TikTok. I realized it's probably not my jam. Um, but you can just find me Kate Holmes on social media. And I, I post a ton of content. I try to post something every single day and it's all information based. So education based. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I don't try to sell you on rate because that's not my jam. There's a lot more to a mortgage than just rate. Um, there's also my website. It's okay. I'm getting a new one made up. There's some content and there's some, some information on there, but uh, if people have specific questions or just want to chat mortgages, they can always reach out at Kate at mortgage designers.ca or find me on Facebook at Kate, uh, Kate Holmes, C-A-I-T, and we can connect there. Okay, beautiful. Well, thank you again for your time today. I know I got a lot of value out of that conversation. I took a bunch of notes. I'm like, yeah, I like that. Uh, I like how we got to get some education out as well. So thank you for being here. And um, is there anything that you want to leave the audience with for success tips? Oh, actually, yeah. One final note is everybody's situation is different. Right. Yeah. And so it really is. I mean, there's a ton of information out there. So yes, go and get it, but reach out to someone because I mean, I deal with so many unique situations now that, you know, people aren't the cookie cutter bank clients anymore, right? That you fit in this little box that um, everybody's situation is a little bit unique. Oh, I do multiple seasonal jobs. I have a gifted down payment from an inheritance. I've got clients that are bringing money over from Poland or Germany, and I'm having to get documents translated and all of this stuff. Um, so it's not like one one size fits all. So, you know, reach out and and contact myself or any other mortgage broker out there for that matter. And, and just explain your situation and because everybody's got a story and everybody's story is different. Mm-hmm. And the way we think of lenders, you know, each lender is different. And so you might be a better fit for a certain lender than a one other one. And so that would be the key takeaway on that one. Amazing. Ah, I love it. All right, guys, make sure that you follow Kate on her social media. 
uh, reach out to her if you're in the BC area and let's, uh, let's get some people getting into that dream space and like financially being able to afford what they want with their life. Cause that is what we're all meant to do is like have fun and live our lives. And, um, that's possible. So, all right, that's it for today. Make sure you share the show that if you got some value out of it, I look forward to hearing your comments and takeaways from it as well. So that is Pursuit of Relentless signing out. <laughs>